I wrote The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track, my book that came out recently for the CEO that is highly talented, but may be off track because the environment or situation changes. Ultimately, on the compass, the northmost compass point is peace of mind, achieving the outcome for the people, the organization, consumers, and the community. Sometimes a CEO is off track because maybe they've grown so fast and they haven't had a chance to embrace the culture, the past of the people, their intellectual property, or their pride. Sometimes we've grown so fast that we lose traction in what are the best business processes. Do we mentor our people, help them in their personal growth? And then I find a person like Matt Carr. And I know there's a lot of hard work, both himself and the people in the organization, but Matt Carr is a CEO and it feels like his compass is focused on true north because he has peace of mind, because he has a well-oiled machine. As we go through this conversation, I really, really want you to listen to the elements of the conversation, what is working, but more importantly, the questions that he asks as a leader. Leaders don't have to have the answers, but they need to be able to ask really important questions and engage their people. Let's listen. I think all too often leaders feel like they have to be the one with the answer. And that's just not the approach I take. I looked back throughout my career, you know, at some scar tissue and some learnings that I had along the way and really said, okay, how can I be a better leader? How can I be completely opposite of those leaders that I saw or experienced and make myself a better person? And then obviously the positive influences in my life, the world is what you make of it, but also the world is how can you help others that maybe didn't have the education that I had, maybe the opportunities that I had, people that don't have as good a health as I have. How can we help people in the community and make the community better as a whole? Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I want to thank you for joining us on this journey where we bring insights, inspiration, and great conversations from industry leaders. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, so we can continue to bring you great programming. And a quick shout out to people listening. I have noticed some people binging on the content lately, so thank you so much. But it is my honor right now to introduce to you Matt Carr. Matt is currently the president at Beck Flavors. Matt has made growth and making Beck Flavors a top workplace, his top priority. And it is flavors that he is looking to double its size over the next three to five years. And during his time, he has been named to the Inc. 5000 list and has been awarded a top workplace by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He led the initiative to design and build a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility to accommodate Beck Flavors growth, and that facility opened in April of 2021. 
He brings amazing experience in the area of marketing, strategic planning, and program development. But most importantly, it's his volunteer work. He is part of many, many organizations that I hope we get a chance to talk about just a few. And finally, and most importantly, he and his wife of 18 years, Ashley, have a son, Jack, and a daughter, Taylor. It's my honor to bring this conversation to everybody. Matt, thank you for joining the show. Deb, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you today. So I am excited to bring you into this conversation. For my listeners, uh, as you know, I have grown up in the flavor and fragrance industry for the past 20 years. It is an amazing journey. Operations is an amazing place to play in. The art of creating flavors that are memorable are also part of the human experience. But I also am sincerely interested in what Matt brings to the game, as well as his people in creating an amazing organization. So would you please, Matt, share a little bit about yourself personally, your work and your journey and the work that you're doing now? Sure, absolutely. Yes, I've been uh, lucky enough to be at, at Beck Flavors for the last almost six years now. Uh, and it's been an incredible journey just to learn about the food and beverage industry and the flavor industry as well. So when uh, my partner and I, Paul Trippy, came into the company uh, six years ago, we looked at the business and the space and, and wanted to bring a fresh approach to flavors, a fresh approach to partnerships in food and beverage. I think there's a great opportunity for our business to continue to do that as we continue forward. Our competitors in the space are, are you know, the large uh, flavor houses uh, from Europe, as well as the United States, all the way down to brand new startup flavor companies. So it's a it's a fun, exciting uh, space to play in. But what we're trying to do is, is be a completely dynamic and different flavor company than what's out there today. And so uh, we do that. It starts, obviously, with our great team of employees, uh, 56 employees, as, as we sit here discussing today. And we're looking to continue to hire and, and grow our team and have the best team possible. From there, it also expands out to, you know, the way we approach the marketplace. Um, so a lot of companies throw around the word partnership when they talk about clients or customers. Uh, we really embody that. So when we did a strategic plan three years ago, it was very important to the group that was involved in the strategic plan to include this statement in the strategic plan, which is customer is king. And so what, what we did uh, in regards to that statement is empowered every single person in the organization to look at our customer and cherish them and to say what's important to our customer should be important to us. And it's uh, very refreshing, but also very humbling to see that message uh, spread throughout the entire organization and to hear others uh, use that word very frequently when a customer has an urgent need, uh, a customer has a problem maybe that we can help um, them overcome or, you know, like day-to-day items. Somebody calls in and says, hey, where's this PO? And we say we never received it and oops, the, you know, they never sent it to us or they sent it to the wrong company. And now we're scrambling to help um, solve a problem that, that they created. And uh, it's just refreshing to hear everyone across the organization say customer is king. How can we execute to make sure that they feel like they are a king or a queen? So thank you for all of that. You know, what I found so simple is the message. Customer is king. Easy for everybody to paint a picture of what that looks like. And it resonates so much with me because you've clearly defined the purpose. The customer is king. We are here to serve and be in service to them. But you took it a step further is what does it mean to every individual in the work that they do and making sure that they have a part in creating that future and they know what their job is in order to assure the customer's king. When you align everybody on that purpose and you give them the skills and opportunity 
to align on that purpose. You are the perfect leader because you have your true north clearly defined. So kudos Thank to you. that. Yeah that's, yeah, that's very true. And um, I, I, I try to simplify uh, my leadership at our organization as much as possible. The world, the world's a very complicated and complex place already. And so in our day-to-day operations, we don't need to complicate things unless uh, there's a reason or specific complexity that needs to be added to our business. So uh, that's my role as an organizational leader is how can we simplify our day-to-day life? How can we execute simple tasks versus in- injecting complex challenges to the organization that don't need to be there? And, and that's just true leadership. I mean, I'm just like smiling away here because you say, well, my job, our job as leaders is to make things simple, remove the barriers from the people so they can do the great work that they're supposed to. I mean, we're not here to know how to do everything, but enable people to do the work, simplify, remove the stones and watch things flourish. So that is beautiful. But you got me a little bit curious here. You talk about being a dynamic organization, doing things different because there is tremendous competition out there. So what does it mean for you to lead an organization that is different than the rest? Well, what it means to me first is we need to listen. So we need to listen to the marketplace out there. We need to listen to our current customers and our prospects. Uh, Listen to our salespeople uh, as they're out in the day-to-day community with a pulse on the market. Uh, But also listen to our employees. And a lot of leaders, I think, are quick to speak. and, And our leadership team is very quick to not speak and listen. Uh, so that we can adapt our organization as we need to. So I can go in and tell a customer all day long, you know, you should do this, you should do this, you should buy this flavor. Uh, But if it's not interesting to them, or it's not even objective of theirs, we're immediately going to start off on a failing note. Now, I'm curious for you. And again, listening is strong. I mean, that you're such a small company, but you're growing, you've got a big mindset, you still have that family uh, relationship. My, My question for you, though, is you as you grow, How do you maintain this intimacy of, you know, customer is king to continue to listen? It can be challenging. I just interviewed somebody who has grown from about eight people to 80 people. And his biggest fear is maintaining the connectivity to the people and even knowing them. So how would you face that challenge knowing you've got a strong core, but you're growing? How do you maintain that? So the good news is we know what the challenge is, right? We need to continue to maintain the culture we have in place, continue to have an organization that's as free from red tape as possible and and really embrace that. And so then Paul and I, the vice president of the company and my partner in the business, we go about it every single day and challenge one another and challenge the organization that we can continue to hold in the highest regard our culture, continue to hold in the highest regard customer is king. And then work to make sure that the organization as a whole continues on the same path we're on today. Is it easy? Absolutely not. And we'll have to continue to challenge ourselves on a daily basis to continue to be the organization we want to be instead of letting outside influences change who we are or uh, sometimes internal challenges change who we are. So culture is everything. But also culture is defined in hashtags. So hashtag be better back and also hashtag good better back. So tell me where these came from and what do they mean? So I'm glad you mentioned be better back first. It's it's a call to all of our employees. It's a call to the organization as a whole. And it's a call to our own leadership to say, how can we impact the culture and the society around us, whether it's the local St. Louis community uh, or the United States as a whole or the flavor community? How can we give back? How can we help others that are in need? And so uh, we do that through a various number of initiatives. So we have a Adopt a Highway program. So 
Uh, four times a year, we go and clean uh, over a mile stretch of highway pretty close by here, which is really important, right? Um, we're, we're a flavor company in a world where everyone's looking at how are you sustainable? How can you be clean on your label? And our approach to adopt a highway was, well, how can we have a clean label, but not have a clean highway that everyone drives by all the time. So we go out four times a year and clean the highway. And then it's, it's, it's become uh, really interesting. Uh, some of the employees uh, keep a record of who, who picks up the most uh, empty airplane alcohol bottles along the way, which is kind of a unique uh, challenge. But it's, it's something that brings people from every single department together uh, for them to go for an hour uh, four times a year to clean the highway. Uh, we also support a local children's hospital, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. During the pandemic, uh, we supplied the entire system with lunches one day um, just to show that we appreciated all the hard work, especially at the height of the pandemic that was going on outside the walls of Beck Flavors, but in our community where these doctors and nurses and caregivers were helping the sickest of children in, in St. Louis uh, with the highest regard. So and finally, probably the biggest give back that we do is in December. And we have, for the last four years, adopted one of the 100 neediest cases here in, in St. Louis. And it's really humbling for me every year to see how involved all of our employees get, uh, whether it's going out and buying toys for the children, for that family. Or last year, you know, the family did not have a car. And so uh, we reached out to one of the local car dealers and they were able to find a car and Beck Flavors was able to buy the car at cost for this family as kind of the uh, large gift that we gave them. And so we're changing lives, not just inside the walls of Beck Flavors, but outside the walls of Beck Flavors as well. So Be Better Beck is kind of that call to arms on how we can give back. But in regards to how it affects our business, we want to be a top workplace. And St. Louis Post-Dispatch humbled us this year by recognizing us as one of the top workplaces in St. Louis. But we want this to be a work environment that all of our employees come, uh, they're challenged, they enjoy, and uh, they feel like they have a home or they feel like they're part of the family of Beck Flavors employees. About a year ago, I was I was humbled. Our production manager asked if, if one of our hourly operators could come uh, sit at my desk and, and talk to me. And I said, absolutely. I have open door policy. I'll talk to anyone at any time if I, you know, if there's time on the schedule. And so one of our operators came to me and, and he had shared with the production manager some feedback. And so I, I sat at my desk and he said, and, and looked at me in the eyes and I could tell he was, he was about to be emotional. And he said, he just wanted to thank me for the environment that we created at Beck Flavors. And, and then he said, I didn't know white people could treat black people so kindly. And in a moment, I was immediately humbled. I was immediately happy for him, but I was also very sad that he had had some sort of experience or historical experiences where he felt treated differently because of the color of his skin. And there's no place for that at Beck Flavors. Um, we absolutely cherish every single employee, and we want to create an environment where all employees are treated equally. All employees see this as uh, hopefully their final employment destination before they retire, but a place where they can be free from all the things that go on outside of the walls of Beck Flavors on a daily basis that we all see in every city across the country. And it's just a great reminder to me of how much work there is left to do in this country to bring us together as one community. And so we, we try to do as much of that as possible at Beck Flavors on a day-to-day -day basis. 
There's so much that is resonating about what you're sharing right now, because not once have we talked about a single performance indicator, anything about the latest and greatest technology, nor your new facility to accommodate growth in the business. We have been talking about being humble and focusing on people in the community. So again, sometimes we have to take a step back and look at humanity. We are a bunch of humans interfacing with processes and equipment and the environment, which is always changing. At the end of the day, we only have each other to depend on. That's very, very true. And that's something that, you know, without our employees, this company is nothing. And so we want to have the best employees possible. We want this to be a top workplace so that we can recruit uh, even better people, right? We're not building robots to make our flavors. We're not building robots in our R&D lab to design the next yuzu flavor or whatever the next trend is. They're human beings at the end of the day. And so our approach has always been family first when it comes to our employees. And that means that family of, of employees, but also the families that uh, our employees have outside these walls. You know, you openly share this and I notice the uh your social media person is extremely active and even posted kind of a gallery of recognized employees with the statement over it, you know, Bexters celebrate awesome, outstanding, and beyond exceptional. So we we started that program uh, about a year ago, where we wanted our employees to catch one another at their best, catch one another going above and beyond. And it's been great on a quarterly basis to see the nominations come through, to see the stories. Sometimes Paul and I know, and other times stories that we we don't know of people going above and beyond to make this a tremendous organization or going above and beyond to make sure a customer has a product. You know, one of the stories from last quarter was uh, one of the individuals that works in our warehouse, an order didn't come out of the production room on time to get on the FedEx truck. And so Uh, That individual loaded two five-gallon jugs into his car and drove them up to the airport to make sure that they got out that day so the customer could have them the next day. And it's just stories like that where I'm really excited for the future of Beck Flavors, and I'm really excited for the team we have in place today because um, we built a strategic plan that's working, but we have employees on a day-to-day basis that really care about their job, and they care about their customers, and they care about one another. So... You're very human-centric, and for that, I am grateful. But I would love to come back to you. You are the head of this ship, (laughs) steering it in the right direction and helping people to do their job. But I am curious. I'm sure it hasn't always been easy. Have you ever, along the way, had some challenges in your leadership or in situation? And how did you navigate it and come out on the other side? I'm curious. I think I looked at this opportunity to be the leader of Beck Flavors and, and went backwards through my career. And you know, people always say, I looked at the people that were positive in my life, and I certainly have that uh, to rely on, and I'll speak to that. But I also looked at the way I saw leaders throughout other organizations um, not do things. And I, I wanted to use that and spin it so that I wouldn't be a leader similar to that, you know. So examples of, of leaders that didn't treat employees correctly or uh, examples of leaders who felt like they had to have the answer every single time. And, and, and too often, I think, leaders of any organization feel like they have to be the ones with answers. They have to be the ones with the turnkey solution that needs to be put into place immediately. And that's not my approach at all. I never want to have all the answers. I want to surround myself with very, very smart people and people who can uh, solve complex problems or simple problems without me having to even open my mouth. Sometimes, yes, our leadership is getting involved, um, rolling up your sleeves and, and coming up with a solution, either on your own or as a group. But 
I think all too often uh, leaders feel like they have to be the one with the answer. And um, that's just not the approach I take. So I looked back throughout my career, you know, it's some scar tissue and some learnings that I had along the way and really said, okay, how can I be a better leader? How can I be completely opposite of those leaders that I saw or experienced and make myself a better person? And then obviously the positive influences in my life, you know, I'm, a, I'm the middle of five kids, grew up with two parents that, that worked very, very hard, but also injected into us this belief of make the world around you better. And I'm really happy that, that myself and my siblings have really owned that as we've continued to grow and had kids of our own to look outwardly and say, you know, the world is what you make of it, but also the world is how can you help others that maybe didn't have the education that I had, maybe the opportunities that I had, people that don't have as good a health as I have. How can we help people in the community and make the community better as a whole? So to that, I, I really give my parents a tremendous amount of credit. And, you know, I wouldn't be the leader I am today without the influences that they've had and continue to have in my life. Right. Beautiful story. And there is something that I am believing as well. You know, I used to think by pure hard work, grit, working a lot of hours, good things would happen. And yes, we are as leaders successful because we drive the ship, the bus, whatever. But sometimes you have to release and say, do good work for others so they can do the work they're meant to do. And while you may not see an immediate return, it does pay dividends down the road. And it's, there's that trust in the process in time. So love your leadership. I want to take this in another direction. So again, I love your social media person. They put out so much great, beautiful pictures about the company, the people, what you're celebrating, and the inside of your operations. I don't see other flavor companies showing the operations, the quality lab, because I don't know, maybe there's some kind of secret in there. But again, at the end of the day, you're mixing things, heating things, etc. You choose to show the inside of your factory. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. So uh, when we implemented the strategic plan, we knew we were going to have to grow. And, and as part of that growth was a new manufacturing facility with expanded capacity. So this past April, construction was finally completed. All the inspections were finally completed. We passed our SQF audit and we were ready to start making flavors in that new facility. And the question was asked, you know, can we can we share photos in that facility? And, and the immediate answer uh, after discussing it was absolutely we can. Sure, there are secrets in our business and the way we run our business, um, proprietary information, but everything that we show is to invite the public in to see who we are, to see how we make flavors. Um, you know, consumers are always looking for transparency in their food and beverage, especially nowadays. And so in, in, in a way, it's a way for us to be more transparent to our customers, prospects, and it has paid off. We've had a few opportunities pop up that I'm sure are related to the great work that our marketing department does to get us to be less humble as an organization and to be more outward facing and welcoming to the St. Louis community, the food and beverage community, our customers as a whole, and to people in the food and beverage industry that maybe haven't heard of us before. And so that's a testament to the great work our marketing department does. And uh, they have so many great ideas that that we've implemented. And I think it's it's making a positive impact on our business as well. And kudos to your marketing department. I don't know who they are, but it is precisely for that reason. Yes, of course, I'm looking to meet interesting leaders in the sector that I'm comfortable, but because your marketing stuck out so much on LinkedIn and the other places, it was like, ooh, 
they're interesting. Ooh, I want to get to know them. So let them know it's working. And now we're here today having a conversation. Great people. I hope I get to meet them someday. But my next thing is that, you know, obviously you're a very humble leader. You work hard at elevating the influence and impact of the people around you. But now as you pass the compass along and there are up and coming leaders in your organization, if they aspire to be a leader like you, what are some things they can do now to start positioning themselves to have a great impact like yourself? You know, it's one of the things that that we do very well. And obviously we could do even better is to have conversations with the current employees or current leaders and, and, and help them envision what tomorrow looks like for them, whether it's personal growth, uh, whether it's, you know, what else they would like to do within the organization. I'm a huge believer in when we have a new position available or if somebody leaves the organization for some reason and we, we have a hiring opportunity, are there candidates within Beck Flavors currently that we can elevate or move into a new role? And uh, we've done that quite a bit over the last two years. You know, this most recent one that comes to mind is we had a gentleman who was making flavors in in the flavor room, and he was interested in moving into our quality department. And he interviewed and got the job, and now he's working in the quality lab, going through raw materials to approve raw materials, but also approving his former colleagues in the the manufacturing room's flavors that they've made that day. So uh, it's really a great place to be where you can empower people to be able to say, you know, I'm doing this job today, but tomorrow I want to grow and I want to be in a better spot. Um, I'm also a firm believer in in education and, and empowering all of our employees to go out to conferences or if there's a learning opportunity, you know, I push our R&D team who makes all of our flavors and flavor formulas all the time to go educate and learn and grow as, as better scientists. And so very often they come and say, you know, there's a candy making class I want to attend at this university. And we approve them all the time. Through the pandemic, it's been challenging to continue those educational opportunities, but they they were aggressive and went out and found online classes that they could take. Two of the folks that work in our R&D lab took a beverage class together just so they could see the latest and greatest approaches to making healthier beverages, the technologies involved, uh, and the new latest and greatest ingredients that, that we can use or recommend our customers use uh, if they're going to make a better for you coffee or a better for you um, energy drink, things along those lines. So I'm shaking my head here because I'm saying to myself, first of all, I must say I have enjoyed the good fortune of working for larger companies that I had a lot of assets at my disposal, opportunity for travel. But there was something missing. And one of the things you said was, you know, envision what tomorrow might look like. I was never asked such a question. It was more, how are you going to make sure you get that project or report done on time? Very, very short-term focus. And then you also talked about education. I had to think and about every justification, and I almost felt like I was going in begging to be able to go to a particular course or certification. And it's just, it's not a healthy environment. So I'm grateful for leaders like you that see the opportunity into continuing to evolve and develop your people. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you touched on KPIs earlier. You know, we, we, we focus on metrics, obviously. We focus on the numbers. We, we have a metrics committee. And, and so when we started that metrics committee, I challenged the leaders that were involved in that because I wanted to be transparent to the company. I wanted everyone in the organization to know, here's what we're doing well. Here's where we can improve. And here's some new things that we're looking at doing. Who wants to be involved in these initiatives? And everyone was on board. We wanted to be transparent to each and every employee. Uh, And then they looked back at me and said, okay, when are you starting this committee? And I said, no, 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 I'm not starting this committee. 
you all are in charge of this committee and you're going to make the decisions on how do we report, what do we report, and I'm going to be one of the people in the audience that gets to hear uh, what it is you're reporting on. I sit in on the meetings um, and very rarely I'll weigh in on what I, you know, my personal belief or what I think we should be reporting on, but it's been great to empower those leaders to be able to run that on a monthly basis, to report out on a monthly basis, and then to see the way that they've uh, challenged one another. You know, hey, we're reporting on this. We should also be reporting on this. Or why aren't we reporting on this? And it's it's been great to see them uh, step up to that challenge as well. You are truly a great workplace for employees. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a, a testament to your leadership. And I'm sure there are many people that uh, think and act the way you do. So just thank you so much for that. This has been an amazing conversation. As we bring this to a close, I'm wondering if you have any parting thoughts for existing leaders or maybe even emerging leaders about, I don't know, you know, the leaders that they should be tomorrow, things to think about so that they can be a leader like yourself. Well, Deb, thanks so much for having me today. It's, it's been great to get to know you uh, and to also just have this, this conversation. And, you know, the, the challenge I have uh, to all leaders out there is, is not only make your organization better, make everyone in your organization better, but look outwardly to the community and, and what can we do to improve, you know, the local community that your business is in or the state that you're in. How, how can you uh, make that a better state? How can you make it a better city? How can you make the community around you a better place? And I think you'll find that even small uh, approaches to improving the community around you have huge impacts. You know, as we sit here, it's it's nine ten. Tomorrow's the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. And when we bought the current building, we're in our headquarters. The flagpole was empty, and so I bought a flag from Flags of Valor. And with uh, that that flag came the story of one of the firemen who lost their lives in 9-11. And so we fly that flag today. We built a memorial to him that sits at our corporate headquarters under that flagpole. And every year, either on 9-11 or, or like today, the day before, we, we go out and have a moment of silence. And then I retell his story and how he lost his life in 9-11 for all of our new employees, but also current employees who've heard it before just to hear it again. And then we do a moment of silence just to remember uh, 9-11. And, and we don't have any specific knowledge of this firefighter. No one in our organization was a family member or friend. Uh, we just kind of organically built this story and thought of a, a great way to make a tribute to 9-11. But this individual firefighter who on 9-11 went into a building when everyone else was running out because he, he wanted to follow his duty, which was to save others and ultimately gave uh, his life for that. So those those are the types of things that, that we do here and try to make an impact as, as much as, as we can on the community. And, you know, hopefully long term, people are, are really happy to come to work at Beck Flavors. They, they find it to be a, a challenging work environment and a fun work environment. Uh, but at the end of the day, hopefully overall, we just make a, a bigger impact in St. Louis and uh, the food and beverage communities as well. So thanks so much, Deb, for having me. All right. You've been an amazing guest. Wish you continued success. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.